DiscerningHearts.com presents Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. Deacon Keating is a professor of spiritual theology at Kenrick Lennon Seminary in St. Louis, Missouri. He formerly served as the Director of Theological Formation at the Institute for Priestly Formation. He is also the author of numerous spiritual books, including Heart of the Diaconate, Remain in Me, Spousal Prayer, and Listening for Truth. He has given more than 400 workshops on moral theology and spirituality nationally and regularly conducts retreats. Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We're reflecting on the Stations of the Cross. I'm compelled to ask a question about how difficult it is to enter into a deep meditation on the way of the cross. It's one thing to read and even process in a church, but to really go into that depth, I mean, it's frightening because Peter ran from it. Peter could not watch our Lord go through the trial, could not go through receiving the cross. He could not stand there with him. How can we do it? Again, as we look at Jesus, we're looking at this incredible mystery of an undeserved gift. And a lot of times when people receive undeserved gifts, they are embarrassed, they are ashamed. They want to set the record straight and say that, well, you must be mistaken, this can't be for me. We want to pass the gift back to the giver. We need to ask ourselves, in deepest humility, if we can receive what Jesus is trying to give us here in the mystery of his crucifixion. Because what he's trying to give us is what we have been looking for in all of our sins since the time we were born. We have been looking in the wrong place for meaning, for consolation. We have been looking in the wrong places for happiness, for peace. And here, because of this brokenness, Jesus wants to give us this incredible gift. I know you're lost. I know you can't look at me because I'm God and I'm innocent and I've done nothing but love you. But I beg you to look at me just this once and to give me everything that you think will take us apart from each other. To give me everything you think makes me ashamed of you. And in the giving, let me give back to you what you have been looking for your whole life. The unconditional love of my sacred heart. Can you withstand this pain? I ask you to withstand this pain. To let me love you. 
And of course, this is what Jesus said to all of his apostles, including Peter. Please watch me love you. I know it will hurt. But if you do not, then you will have no part of my glory. Do not turn from my love. Give me everything that blocks this love and receive everything I wish to give you. And if we enter that holy exchange, and this may take many years, love is developmental, but if we enter that holy exchange, we will finally be relieved of our sins. We're reflecting on the Stations of the Cross, and this journey takes us now to the third station. Jesus falls for the first time. What is it that causes Jesus to fall? I mean, I realize in the physical sense of it all, he's exhausted, and how can he continue on after the night that he's had to endure and the scourging? But there's something more here, isn't there? There's always the spiritual level, the spiritual meaning of the historical events. And as you said, of course, just physically, Jesus is exhausted. But he's been carrying more than that cross for his 30 or so years. He's been carrying all of the weight of humanity, all of our sins, all of our failures. And so when we look at this particular station, what we want to really ask Jesus for is the strength to get up. One of the things that happens so much to people is that the weight of their own sins keeps them down and keeps them in a sense that, well, I guess I belong here. I guess I belong on the ground. I guess I belong in the dirt. You know, I've tried to get up, but I keep coming back to this place. This place where one of the seven deadly sins, perhaps, has named me and defined me. Perhaps it's drinking too much, or it's gambling, or it's lust, or it's some fear of abandonment, so I take money, or wherever I keep ending up, I keep falling, and I keep thinking I belong there. This is what that station wants to really penetrate with the Spirit of Christ to tell you, no, watch him now. Watch him as he rises. Watch him as he gets up. And he wants to share that spirit with everyone who prays the third station. In the image of Jesus following the first time, the role of the soldier, the role of the executioner is played out so vividly with whips and jeering and in some cases cinematically with spitting and verbal chastising. It's so easy to blame them for the infliction of pain. How much of that do we do? I mean, how often are we the executioner? How often are we the soldier? Well, spiritually and in our spiritual and theological imagination, of course, this is the deepest meaning of Christ falling, is that our sins and our refusal to receive his love and receive his forgiveness keeps him under the weight of that cross. And 
the artists have conveyed in the third station quite often that the soldiers, in their yelling and their screaming at him and their whipping of him, are also in a strange way helping him up. In no way is Jesus going to die under the cross on the street. They must get him to the goal. And they have no idea that they're cooperating with the mysterious salvation of the Father. That Jesus must touch death upon the cross. The total innocent one must drain all of his blood upon the cross so that the fulfillment of God entering every aspect of human existence can be realized. And these soldiers, all they're doing is just killing someone who is next in line. But they have no idea the holiness, in a strange way, the holiness that they are touching in the drama that they're undergoing. And in our prayer life before the third station, we want to ask the Lord to help us even though we do not know we're cooperating with salvation, to help us in some way, help him rise so that he may do the will of the Father. Jesus, we want you to go forward. We want you to reach your destiny, to die as the complete innocent one on the cross. I want to help you up, so to speak. But in helping you up, Jesus, I need your spirit to reach out to me so that I don't think that my place is on the ground either. My place is to rise, and whether it's to take a punishment that's justly deserved or to take the consequences of my own sins, I must rise, and I too must take the consequences. So Jesus, in this station, I ask you, help me to rise from my sins. I do not wish to define myself by the burdens of my sins. I wish to be defined by my finally fulfilling the will of the Father. We'll return in just a moment to The Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. Litany of Humility O Jesus, meek and humble of heart, hear me. From the desire of being esteemed, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being loved, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being extolled, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being honored, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being praised, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being preferred to others, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being consulted, deliver me, Jesus. From the desire of being approved, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being humiliated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being despised, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of suffering rebukes, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being calumniated, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being forgotten, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being ridiculed, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being wronged, deliver me, Jesus. From the fear of being suspected, deliver me, Jesus. That others may be loved more than I, that others may be esteemed more than I, that in the opinion of the world, others may increase and I may decrease, that others may be chosen 
and I set aside. That others may be praised and I unnoticed. That others may be preferred to me in everything. That others may become holier than I, provided that I become as holy as I should. Jesus, grant me the grace to desire it. Amen. We now return to The Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. The fourth station, Jesus meets his blessed mother. Of course, this was what Simeon had told Mary many years ago. And now this painful sword is entering her heart. Now who, more than anyone else on the planet, knows Jesus? There is no one who knows Jesus like Mary. Mary, of course, the Immaculate Conception, the Ever-Virgin, the one who is the spouse of the Holy Spirit. She knows the origin of Jesus. She knows the prophetic identity of Jesus as the Savior of Israel. And here she is, the one who knows God among us so intimately, seeing the great gift of the Father, banished, rejected, and now on his way to being killed. Who could even speak what was in the heart of Mary during this station where she sees her son walking to his death? This heart of Mary, which reaches out to her son, again is called sorrowful, full of sorrows. Sorrows particularly over the loss of her son simply as mother. But perhaps more deeply, sorrow that she feels over the rejection of her son by the very bride that he came to embrace, humanity the very one he came to love, says no. And Mary was all about yes. She was trying to teach the church how to respond to Jesus always by saying yes, by always being trusting of God and trusting that God would do nothing to hurt us, trusting that God's will was only oriented toward our welfare. And here her yes is being trampled by the no's, by the rejections, by the fears and the evils that surround it, this incredibly pure mother and son. And so, Mary, we ask you to turn our no's into yeses, to help us always to be open and available to receive the mission and the ministry of your Son. We turn to you, Jesus, as you behold your mother in all of her sorrow and how your heart must have broke to see the very embodiment of the Church 
sorrowing and crying over what evil had done. And what evil had done to you too, evil has done since the beginning of time. Separate it and isolate it. For you, Jesus, are the God of communion and unity. And you, Satan, are the spirit of separation, loneliness, alienation, confusion, and death. But Jesus now knows that if he keeps going forward with the cross and does not give up his mission even for the great love of his mother to console and comfort her, if he does not go forward on this way of the cross, evil will rule. But if he goes forward, he will break the power of evil and the reign of communion, peace, and love will begin. At this moment on the way of the cross, when Jesus meets his blessed mother, the importance of the gaze between the mother and the son, it just seems as though one of the most vital moments of all, just the importance of the gaze of eye meeting eye, heart meeting heart. Who could even know what that gaze, their beholding of one another's faces could have meant? except to speculate that perhaps in that gaze there was both the human sorrow of loss, but also, in some strange way, they fixed on each other's eyes in indicating the triumphant victory of God, that this was going forward, and soon her very vocation to have been spared of original sin from the beginning of time through the fidelity of the Son in anticipation of this moment of crucifixion, her very identity was about to be fulfilled as was his. The victory of God was at hand. And here it is mingled with the human sorrow of separation and loss. And many times in our own lives, we live in hope that the victory of God will be near even as we bear our own sorrows and our own difficulties. Those who might be in relationships that are falling apart, we hope that the victory of God is near, but we're experiencing our own sorrows and sadnesses. Those who are suffering chronic illnesses, cancer, terminal illness, the victory is near. They hope, they trust in the promises of God, even though they are experiencing deep sadness and sorrows now. And so we come to the fourth station and ask not only the mercy of Jesus, but the intercession of the Blessed Mother, so that we may have hope, even in the very midst of separation, loss, sadness, and suffering. The movement to the fifth station, the cross is laid on Simon of Cyrene, really is a point where we enter the picture. Is he a hero, or is he someone who was forced to do something he did not want to do? 
Is there virtue or is there something else going on there? Well, as we look at the spiritual meaning of Simon, of course, it's us rushing or being thrust toward the cross. Once we get to the cross, however, of course, there is this choice to join in and to participate in the way of salvation. Can we assist in the cross bearing? A lot of times our own conversions are reluctant. A lot of times our own conversions we fight against. Something forces our hand to begin the way of the cross. Once we're on the way, though, do we participate and do we open our will to truly, fully and consciously go the way now of holiness and virtue and leave the way of sin behind? So the beginning may be rocky or rough, the beginning of our conversion, our turning toward a new mind, a new way of thinking about life. We may struggle, we may resist in the beginning. We may fight it. It may not even be our idea. It may be kick-started by the fact we got fired last week, or my spouse left me, or I was sick, or perhaps a friend betrayed me. Or perhaps there was this sense in me that life was not as full and complete as I thought it would be at my particular age. Something ignites the conversion. We may not freely and willingly go toward it. We either have a breakdown or a breakthrough. And whether it's a breakdown or a breakthrough, all that grace is interested in is that we join this way of the cross, that we begin the procession with Christ, that somehow we are going to align our sins, our sufferings, our weakness with his great act of receiving all of these into his merciful heart. When will you begin this walk? This is the question that Simon asks all of us. When will you turn from your sins and begin this walk with Jesus. What happens to Simon of Cyrene? What's the rest of the story for this man who was forced to embrace the cross for just a short time along with our Savior? All we can hope for is that Simon's story is our story. Our story is his story that perhaps He got to the place of the skull and was converted by the purity and the innocence of Jesus. Or perhaps he was so disgruntled at having to have his way stopped by the soldiers that when Jesus reached the place of the skull, he just simply turned in disgust and left. Those are the two human responses to the crucifixion. And there's only those two rejection, or embrace. The power of the Christian mystery is that there is no middle way. There is embrace or there is rejection. The embrace, of course, may come reluctantly in the beginning as we note it, but it must end in a full embrace of the mystery of Christ's love on the cross. And so our prayer for this fifth station is that when we get to the place of the skull, 
when we get to the place where death no longer has its final word, but the love of God triumphs, will we suffer long enough to see that triumph? Will we be faithful despite our sufferings and difficulties in the Christian life? Will we remain at Calvary to see the resurrection? Or will we go away disgruntled, maybe even resentful of what God is asking of us? Lord Jesus, help us to stay with you at Calvary. Help us to stay there until the resurrection dawns, no matter what the cost, no matter what the price, no matter what the suffering. Help us to stay in your presence, which is the only place of hope. Thank you, Deacon Keating. Thank you. You've been listening to Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating. To hear and or to download this episode along with hundreds of other spiritual formation programs, visit discerninghearts.com or you can find it within the free Discerning Hearts app. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you find us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Stations of the Cross, Reflections with Deacon James Keating.